Shut up and sit down. Another episode of Business Cross. As always, we want to take a moment to remind you why you are here and listening to us today. If you are investing your valuable time into our podcast, it's because you understand the truth be tw- be- <laughs> behind Albert Einstein's words. Problems cannot be solved by the same level of thinking that created them. So if you want to find financial freedom, make more money, quit your current 9 to 5 job, or if you want to increase your bottom line, be a better investor, or be a better business owner. You need to find a way to be of service to more people. And that, my friends, is where the business bros would love to help you turn your business into an OPR business alongside our fellow entrepreneurs and the Money Coaching Club, a.k.a. E equals MC squared. So be sure to visit our website, www.csfirst.com. That's S-I-A-S-F-I-R-S-T.com. And as you listen today, remind yourself of these three questions regarding today's topic. What actions did I take today to reach my goal? What's holding me back from achieving my goal? And what am I waiting for? I need to schedule my free coaching call today. Now, without further ado, let's jump into today's topic, which is money-making activities. Cha-ching! Cha-ching. Man, I like that we're jumping into this one. You know, the last episode that we had, we talked about uh, what's holding me back from achieving my goal. And we had a lot of really good things that we talked about. And one of the things that we talked about was that you just weren't doing the things that you needed to do. Right. We weren't taking that action. And these are some of the actions or the activities that you can take. In order to generate some income, right? And uh, I mean, let's let's start this off with a you know little little story here of what could happen if you don't follow the money making. I wish we had. I wish we had a uh, what do you call it? A uh, flux uh, capacitor. A flux capacitor for sure. <laughs> uh, sound effect that was like going back in time. Going back in time, right? All right, so. In other words, let's drop back to the history of uh, the CS Boys here for a little bit, and we're going to talk about the uh, the failure that we had with our very first business, All right? The young and dumb, we were doing really well, and then we ended up failing, and the main reason we ended up failing, um, we we could say that we didn't adapt to the changing uh, tech landscape, right? We weren't shifting from computers to cell phones you know that model right just just a quick reminder of what our first business was we were the geek squad before there was a geek squad we were fixing computers in people's houses right yeah and installing high-speed internet and installing high-speed internet so yeah we didn't adapt to the changing landscape right people were starting to move away from computers and into phones and we just didn't jump on that train right and and the main reason we didn't jump on that train is because we weren't actually keeping in contact with what our customers were looking for and what they were doing and what they liked and where they were spending their money. We had zero communication after the transaction with our customers. Yeah, our business, and that was one of our big failures was that we didn't have that customer follow-up, right? Our our business at the time was very uh, one-time transactional. We did not uh, cultivate relationships with our clients. We just said, all right. We did the work. We're out of here. We're done. And we didn't even so much as follow up to see if they were happy. Nothing. Nothing. We just took the money and ran, right? And and that's kind of a that's kind of the main reason why things ended up falling. We weren't doing any of the money making activities that we're going to describe today, right? There was no customer satisfaction surveys. We didn't even ask for referrals. Not even. I mean, just imagine the 
extra revenue we could have had if we would have just simply asked every single customer, hey, if you appreciated the service that we provided for you today, who do you know that might need our services? Exactly. We did. We weren't even doing something as simple as that. Nope. And here we thought we were going to be millionaires off of that business. <laughs> but anyway, like you said, uh, we do have a list of money-making activities. Where do these uh, money-making activities come from? Oh, they come from Tim and Julie's real estate coaching program. So if you're a real estate agent, you're probably familiar with some of these uh, activities that we're going to talk about. Um, and we're kind of morphing them just a little bit. We are going to talk about them on the real estate side, but we're morphing them just a little bit so we can hit other industries as well. But they work, uh, these these basic core things provided by Tim and Julie work for pretty much any industry. Anytime you're in business and in sales, these are the things you have to do. And remember, everybody is in sales. Everyone is in sales. If you don't think you're in sales, you are wrong. You have to sell yourself on everything that you do. So, And we're selling you on the fact that you're a salesperson. That's right. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> all true. right. Uh, what are our five money-making activities? You know, I'm not going to do all five. Let's just start off with the first one. I mean, it's probably one of the most important ones because without it, nothing happens. Nothing happens. All right. We'll go one by one. All right. First one is lead generation Lead generation. This is the ability for you to go out and find people who may or may not be or are semi-interested or very interested in your product or service. So taking this back to uh, your student who sells donuts, right? It's her job to go out and find people that want to buy donuts. Exactly. That's lead generation. That's lead generation. She's definitely going to cultivate her existing client base, but if she ever wants to grow, she needs to generate new leads. She needs to generate uh, new clients to come in the door somehow, some way, mm -hmm. right? And some of the lead generating money-making activities. Now, lead generation is a money-making activity. If you spend your day, most of your day in the lead generation phase, you're developing a pipeline, right? Mm -hmm. Now, uh, I'm going to... I'm going to jump around here in my math note, in my notes a little bit, but there's a great book by Jet Blunt called Fanatical Prospecting, right? And I mean, it's literally like that, fanatically going out and prospecting. A good salesperson, you know, one of those top producing uh, salespeople, that's all they do all day long, mm -hmm. right? That they prospect on a daily basis. They prospect when they go to the store. They prospect when they're at church. They prospect when they're at their kids' schools. Mm -hmm, they're mm -hmm. always talking always. to different people constantly. Always constantly, prospecting. Right? And and the whole purpose of constantly prospecting is to keep your pipeline full. Right? You you not everybody that you talk to is in a position to buy right now. Right. Right? But you're cultivating these relationships. You're 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 getting to know these people. You're getting to know what they like, who they're married to, the age of their kids. You're figuring out all this information about a bunch of different people so that when they are in a position to buy, so that then when they're ready to move forward with mm -hmm. a product or service that you that you have, you've built that uh, relationship with them. You know that this is coming and you're going to be the first person that they contact on your list, right? When they're ready to buy. So um, when you think about uh, sales overall, right? Mm -hmm. Sales overall. Um, let's use real estate for example. If you needed to buy a house, right? You're mm -hmm. gonna contact the real estate agent first off that you know. Right. If you know a real estate agent, he's gonna be the first contact. Yeah. Or she. Right? Unless you know them and you don't like them. Unless. Right. <laughs> but but aside from that, you're usually gonna contact a person you know. Let's assume you don't know a real estate agent. Then what are you gonna do? Google it. Uh, you have before Google. 
Oh, prior to Google? Prior to Google. Uh, yellow pages? No, no, no. Prior to... <laughs> what are you trying to get Prior to, to going online or, or searching an ad, you're going to ask a friend for a referral. Oh, yeah. Right? You're going to ask, hey, do you know anybody who sells real estate? Right, right. So that's going to be option number two. And if if you have no friends that know realtors, then you're going to go with an ad. Then you're going to go with Google. Then you're going to go with, well, ancient yellow pages. Sure, right? sure. Yeah, so that you're absolutely right. I mean, that is pretty much the the progression. Hopefully, you know somebody who's in it. If you don't, you're going to ask a friend. When you ask a friend, that's a trusted source. That's a trusted right? source. So that's why referrals are so important. And then after that, if you know your options run out there, then you'll go ahead and you'll ask uh, Uncle Google over well, there. Fo- focusing just a little more on that, this is the reason why you are always prospecting. Mm-hmm. Because you're either going to be the person they know or you want to be the person their friend knows. Right, right. And that requires you to get off your butt and go out there and actually talk to people, to have a conversation, mm-hmm. to engage with them in in what's going on in their life. This is not mm-hmm. about you. This is about you being of service to other people. This is about you going out and getting to know your particular clients, mm-hmm. getting mm-hmm. out uh, going out and getting to know the people in your neighborhood, whatever it's going to be, but you're always tr- in that lead generation mode. You're always in that prospecting mode mm-hmm. because you need to have that pipe full. You right. need to be the person that they know, or you need to be the person that their friend knows. And it's also about doing that work, right? I love the word fanatical that uh, Jeb Blunt uses here, right? Fanatical. When I think of the word fanatical, you shorten it down to fan, right? Yeah. Think of the things that you're a fan of. Nan, what shirt are you wearing today? Oh, I'm a Charger fan. You're a Chargers fan, right? That's right. When the Chargers were in San Diego, R.I.P., <laughs> right when the Chargers were in San Diego we had our games that we would go to and man I remember one year I cut my hair into a mohawk I had a beard I was a big fan right fan of Eric Weddle right and people are fanatical in the stands they paint their faces they have their shirts off they dress up like to be a fan of something is to be like crazy about it so when you are fanatically prospecting you love it and you do it and you do it with such uh, vigor, right? And you're just totally into it. Right. The The problem is the fanatical is cool. The prospecting part is the negative word, right? That's sure. the part that has that, ooh, I don't want to go solicit them. Ooh, I don't want to go ask that person a question. That's your ego, man. That is exactly it. That is your ego getting in the way. You're afraid to hear no. You're not always selling people. You're just getting to know them. and And in the process of getting to know them, Right. They're going to, you know, one, one of the biggest questions, uh, Tim and Julie have a nice little script that they talk about in getting conversations going. It's called the Ford script. Mm-hmm. Right. So when you go and talk to somebody at a birthday party or, you know, in a random place where a bunch of adults, some networking event. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. We're going to give some examples here soon. Um, you know, you, you go and talk to them. You, you don't want to stand there and have that awkward silence of nobody knows what to say. So you got to have some, you know, some pocket questions to work on here. Some some things that you want to say so that your conversation moves in the in a direction. And so Tim and Julie use the Ford script. It's family, occupation, recreation and dreams. Those are things that you can ask questions about. Hey, you know, hey, how's the wife? Oh, you know, are you married? Right? Actually, Probably the first we're divorced. Uh, yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> right. Ooh, my but, bad. <laughs> but that's a that's going somewhere. Oh man, I'm sorry to hear that. What happened? Right. Get the person talking about themselves. Mm -hmm. If you and I are having a conversation and it's all about you, you're going to like me. Yeah, no, that's definitely true. Right. Remember, this is the ego thing. If you're trying to have a conversation and your conversation is is all about yourself, 
that's you, your, your ego going crazy. That's your ego getting in the way of having a good conversation with the other person because you're not being of service to them. You're being of service to yourself. And, and you're trying to get you to be on the pedestal and you to be on the soapbox. So you want to make sure that you're conversing with that person about that person. And that's what these, you know, that's what the script will help you do. The family occupation, recreation mm-hmm. dreams. You can ask about their family. You can ask about their recreational things. What, what do you like to do for fun? You know, are, hopefully are you, you find person? some common ground there. And, yeah. And you continue to ask questions about what they're doing. The big one in the Ford script is the, O. Oh, is the occupation. Mm-hmm. When you ask them, what do you do for a living, right? They're going to tell you, and usually in conversations, they reciprocate the question, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you're walking down the hall and you're like, hey, how's it going? They go, hey, how's it going? They usually right. don't tell you how it go- how's it going. They reciprocate the question, right? Huh. How's and, it hanging? How's it hanging? Sure, sure, always to the left. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ace Ventura. <laughs> uh, Wait, well, it was Jim Carrey. It but was Jim Carrey, yeah, but no. it was Liar Liar. Liar Sorry. Liar. All yeah. right, you're right. Anyway. All right, so. Fletcher. Fletcher, Fletcher. was his name. That's right. So you reciprocate the question, right? It's coming back to you. So when you ask something like, hey, what do you do for a living? What are they going to ask you? What do you do for a living? I'm glad you asked. Right. And that's when you can have your little pitch about what you do. And Mm -hmm. then it's not here's the here's the dilemma with the Ford script and that occupation question. Oh, I'm glad you're asked. Right. Then you're, 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 you tell them what it is you do. I'm an insurance agent. I'm a real estate agent. You know, I sell books. I sell this or I'm a podcast a host or whatever it is, how can I help you is your next form of question, right? Ooh, that's the one that doesn't usually get asked. It doesn't get asked because the moment the the conversation comes back to you Mm -hmm. and, hey, what do I do for a living? I jump on my soapbox and I start talking about me. My ego takes over, right? And I start talking about everything I do and all I like to do. And you'll notice that the other person is done. They don't want to talk about you. Yeah. The conversation was cool when it was about them, but it's not so cool when it was about me. You get the deer in the headlights. They pretty much, I mean, you can almost visually see them check out of the conversation. Right, right. So if I'm a real estate agent, right, who do you know that I could be of service to? You know, I just, I just like the question of, oh, well, what do you do? Oh, well, I'm an insurance agent, but how can I help you in the business that you're in? Well, that's if you're in the business that you're in, right? But but most, I mean, you don't really, you might not know that, or if maybe you did when they answered, you know, the occupation occupation question. Who knows? But yes, that's the objective. You're trying to get to the root of what problems they might have and how mm-hmm. you can be of service to that person, right? That's ultimately your goal. Don't get don't get caught up in the um, the conversations about me mode anymore. Stick your focus on what they are up to, what they are in business on. And just that opportunity that you get when they do ask you about what you do for a living, that's just an opener. Mm-hmm. Now you're able to to tell them, hey, you know, I am a XYZ person, right? Mm-hmm. You know, who do you know who can probably use my services? Right? This is what I do. This is what I do. Who how do you, can I help you? How can I help you I like, achieve that I, goal? I just like that. I just like that part of it right there. This is what I do, but how can I help you? And that's it. That's it. You're pretty much done with the conversation because now you're trying to solve their problem. Now the conversation is back on them, mm-hmm. right? You're asking in-depth questions. They're opening up a little more, right. right? They're telling you all this information and your job is to make sure that you answer questions and whatever you don't mm-hmm. have answers to, you ask for their contact information. If it's a networking event, usually people have their own business cards and stuff, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. you get their contact information and you follow up with them, which is what we're going to do you know, a little bit later. So let's talk about, you know, different places where you can meet people so you can practice this type of Ford script. Right. That that? that was definitely a thing because 
I don't necessarily know a whole lot of people in my life, right? I'm a pretty close social circle kind of guy. You know, I don't have a huge social circle where I'm hanging out with, you know, 15 friends on a daily basis or anything like that. And I, I get the feeling that most people aren't like that either, that they have a pretty uh, tight social group, maybe even a routine that they do. So what are some options? What are some things that people can do to start meeting five people a day? All right. So a couple things. We got networking events and there's a ton of different types of type of networking events that you can go to. If you're in real estate or if you're in uh, insurance or if you're in pretty much any industry, there are professional uh, meetup type places that you can go for your particular industry to meet other professionals in your area. If you want to meet other types of people, there are different types of meetups. You can join uh, different types of charity organizations. Go mm-hmm. do a cleanup at the beach or go and you know feed the homeless. Volunteer service. Different yeah. volunteer services where you're, you're working with other people to be of service. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, the people that you're working with, you're building that connection with. Right? Mm-hmm. You're getting to know these other people. There's all kinds of continuing education that you can go to. There's all kinds of free education stuff that that a lot of like-minded people want to go to in different industries. Um, you can schedule speaking engagements. You're a professional in whatever it is that you do. So there are people who are going to want your time, these uh, um, chamber of commerce type places um, that, that are always looking for professionals in specific areas that are looking to come and present something that will bring value to the people that their, that their group has. Mm-hmm. Right. So being, you know, get yourself. And I, I completely understand standing in front of people and talking is like death for a lot of people, but it's, it's a worse way. than death for a lot of people. That's yeah. right. They'd rather read the eulogy than be in the coffin. <laughs> or sorry, they'd rather be in the coffin than read the eulogy. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, yeah. so you know, I, I understand that. But, you know, again, your ego is standing in the way of the things that you need to do for lead generation. So, um, you know, figure out how to how to reach your potential client. What is, what is it that your clients do? What is it that your clients like to, uh, where, where is it that they hang out? Where is it that they like to eat? Because, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. you're looking at demographics here at this point and you're, you're trying to analyze ways of getting in front of people. So I give you a bunch of different options. Um, some other options that are more, uh, um, less specific, more general, but they work the same ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you're standing in line at the grocery store, do you strike up a conversation with people in line? I usually do, but I'm kind of talkative. Yeah. Well, all right. Most people don't. They're quiet. They look around at the magazine. They don't say much. Magazine. They're looking at their phone. They're on Facebook. Or Facebook, right? Yeah. So, you know, reach over and, you know, talk to somebody about something. You know, hey. Compliment them on their shirt. Exactly. Especially if it's a Charger shirt. Especially if it's a Charger shirt. Right? What about social events? Things like church. Mm Mm-hmm. Things like happy hour. Gotta love me some happy hour. Birthday parties. Right. What about your neighbors themselves? Do you ever, you know, have you ever heard of a block party? Maybe you set up a, you know, a nice little oh, community really event cool, with yeah. your block, right? And mm-hmm. you host a nice little event. Everybody gets to know each other. That's a good thing. Well, right now it just so happens to be uh, the end of August, so um, Halloween's just a couple of months away. I mean, you can organize, organize a block Halloween party, right? And then, and then it's co- pretty cool because you can invite kids to come trick or treating. And, mm-hmm. you know, your whole your whole block cuts, uh, you know, you might close off your cul-de-sac if you're at a cul-de-sac and you have a little party and all the kids can come to one area to get all their trick-or-treating and everybody has a good time. All the neighbors meet each other, you know, and you all get to you get to know, you know, what it is you do. Or maybe you're a physical person, so you're going to join the gym, right? There and you go. you're going to work out at the gym and you're going to 
get to know new people at the gym. Uh, maybe you have a 24-hour fitness and you can go to different gyms maybe every week and mm-hmm. meet new people. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's always different things. And, you know, working out with people is a strenuous activity and it's a real bonding activity if you do it with a group of people. It really can be. Yeah, you talked about the CrossFit. Thing. CrossFit, yeah. I love CrossFit. And one of the things that I loved about it was that it is a group activity. And uh, when you're working out, you know, and uh, let's say it's something where you have to complete a certain number of reps for something, right? And people finish before you do. Those people come over and they cheer you on. They do. They do. They're your support staff, right? They are. And you're there to support them. You're being of service to them in the gym. And in between reps, you're talking about different things. You're talking about family, occupation, recreation, and dreams. That's usually where conversations go anyways. There you go. But now you have a purpose in your conversation. You want them to get to know what it is that they do or that you do. And you're always looking for a way to help them. Always looking for a way to help them. Mm-hmm. Right? So Always looking to be of service. So make sure you, you are always talking about what it is that you do, but you phrase it in a way that you're helping them find a solution through what it is you do. Right? You're always trying to help them. You're always asking questions about them. Yeah. I was going to say it's more of a listening exercise, right? So you want to listen to what they have to say. And when you recognize a problem that you may have a solution to, that's when it's time for you to speak and start, uh, you know, giving them ideas of how you can help them. Right, right. But for the most part, you're absolutely right. It's a listening activity. This is a you put your ego aside activity and you in you really do listen to what they're saying. Right. It's not a you're hearing the words come out of their mouth and you're formulating some weird thing tangent that you're going to go off in another level or you're thinking about the grocery mm-hmm. list or you're thinking about mm-hmm. the kids at school. No, you're listening to their what they're saying and you're intently trying to be of service to you them. You mean you're not going to interrupt them? Exactly, uh. like that. <laughs> <laughs> and here's another little tidbit. How about you don't eat lunch alone? Don't eat lunch alone? No, always go have lunch with somebody. Yeah. Like I, I uh, it's funny, I call it my, uh, my work date. But one of uh, one of the teachers that I work with, him and I always go to lunch on Thursdays. We always go to In and Out. Like oh, that's nice. our thing. And you know, it, it's building that relationship. And you know, we tell stories, we gripe about students or whatever it is that we talk about. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But he knows exactly what I do. I always share what stuff I'm into because he asks about it. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, it's just you know, I'm not eating alone on that day. And I'm trying to get to the point where I'm trying to do it every day with a different teacher. Mm-hmm. And then that way, you know. It's building those relationships. You're always out there. You're fanatically fanatically prospecting. You're out there building that pipeline, right? You have to make sure that you build that pipeline. Um, why? So Jeff Blunt talks about the 90-day rule. So if you're prospecting today, chances are that you're not gonna you're not gonna um, close the sale for about 90 days out usually mm-hmm. when you when you talk to somebody you build the relationship you get an idea of what they're doing maybe it's not with them maybe it's a referral but usually it's not about 90 days out for a sale and what he talks about is if you stop right most people take a break let's say in december mm-hmm. right because well we got christmas so usually fourth quarter you're usually done right about thanksgiving then you got yeah, maybe two weeks say. right after that and you know in, in december and then you're off for another couple of weeks mm-hmm. so imagine you don't work for the whole month of december you stop prospecting right you, you didn't talk to anybody you didn't fill your pipe in december in february you're going to notice that your sales have diminished well luckily february is a short month luckily february is a short <laughs> month i'm just but, kidding i'm just but kidding. that's the point is it's 90 days out so right. you're yeah, not going to feel it for another 90 days 
Why? Because you stopped prospecting in December. You got to continuously fill your pipe so that it's feeding you every single month. If you stop, you might have deals that are currently in motion. Mm -hmm. And so you're not going to feel anything until nine days later and then it's going to hurt. Yeah. I mean, uh, Jeb Blunt talks about it as the 90 day rule. Uh, Tim and Julie talk about it as their lucky number, right? You need to have, uh, if you want a certain number of sales, right? This is specifically for real estate. If you want a certain number of sales, then you have to have a certain number of listings, listings, you know, throughout the month. And this can go for any industry, right? If you want to make uh, a certain uh, gross amount of sales, right? Gross dollar amount of sales, then you need to have so much in the pipeline ready to go that you continue to work on and, you know, you're prospecting and you have that 90 day rule because if you stop, if you don't have that in the pipeline, you'll feel it three months later. Right. Once those deals close and it's gone, um, then you're you're really going to be hurting for cash. And it's called their magic number, by the way. Their magic number. Right. All right. Lucky magic is pretty close. Yeah. Pretty close. Pretty close. So anyways, I mean, we're, we're pretty much running out of time here. We only really got to do um, our first money-making activity, lead generation. So we'll continue this one on our next podcast. And we're going to head up into follow-up for the next one. So lead generation, I mean, it did take up a whole show, but it's that important. It right? absolutely it, is. It's, it's definitely one of those things that if you don't do it, you're you're going to dry up. And when you dry up, that means no money. And then you're going to be really hurt and you're going to try to work triple and double time to, mm-hmm. to contact more people when the consistency is what's important. Right. And so if, if you're having trouble with uh, developing or focusing your attention on lead generation, make sure you go to our website, www.csfirst.com. That's S-I-A-S. F-I-R-S-T dot com and click on the Money Coaching Club and get your free coaching call so we can sit down and talk about how to set up your lead generation, where we can focus your efforts so you can start building your pipeline. Yeah, we want to talk to you about how you can figure out how to reach your potential clients because we have a lot of ideas coming from Tim Tim and Julie, you know, on on the side of the the real real estate, estate. but maybe you're not in real estate. So we want to talk to you about how to reach your potential clients in your industry. That's right. Insurance agents out there, contractors out there, uh, plumbers, whatever it is that you're doing in your industry, you want to sit down and talk, see what uh, see what you're doing on a day-to-day basis, and hopefully we can find a couple things here and there that can help you increase your lead generation and then ultimately increase your bottom line. So make sure you follow us on Facebook at See Us First. You can follow. Uh, you can also send us an email if you ever have any questions. Hernan at csfirst.com or James at csfirst.com, and you can uh, follow us on Twitter at trades on the road that's all we got for you guys today peace bye bye and i'm out